0: gays in which we're gay and we gaze into media that's by for or about ladies who love ladies and sometimes we talk about other stuff my name is aaron and i prefer to lie in bed reading graphic novels well,
1: hold on i'm waiting for the ferrets to stop rustling and making noise. <laughs> 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 all
0: right guys i don't
1: know what you're t- oh my god there's even more bugs in my room now how do these bugs get in here Oh my god! <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I
0: they need to be heard.
1: Parents are rustling. There are bugs in my room. I don't know how any of this happened. And my name is Aaron, and, <laughs> and he stink of men the way that men stink. Wow, that that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh! Um, thank you for. Thank you for humoring me and allowing us to do this movie that I've been putting off watching that I want to watch uh, called The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kahn.
0: Oh, wow. How long have you wanted to watch this for? Uh, Just a few weeks. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I was I was curious because prior to you bringing it up, I had never heard of this. How did you I, find out about it? I had I hadn't heard of it either. Um, I actually found out about it um,
1: because it was in a selection of Criterion films that were up on HBO Max. So when mm. I was going through them um, as a Criterion film fan, uh, I saw this one and, and the um, preview image was the scene where Petra. It was the
0: scene where. <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny. It's making me lose it. (laughs) Let them speak. Let them speak.
1: I I really hope they're not bad. Um, God, please be good. The preview image was from... um, that scene at the in Act 4 where Petra is sitting on the floor on the fur rug with a blue dress and a oh. blonde wig. And it was mm. just that scene. And I was like, hmm, that looks interesting. And then I clicked it and it was like, Petra von Kant enters a relationship with a hot young woman. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and then I read a little bit about it and I was like, oh, this sounds like odd and I want to watch it. So that was how I found it.
0: Wow, I love that. Yeah, that I think if I had seen that image... Uh, of her sitting on the rug that would also have made me want to watch this right
1: you you didn't see that did you you watched it on hbo right
0: yeah of course hbo max our sponsor uh not
1: sponsored (laughs) in the slightest Um, hashtag ad (laughs) hashtag not an ad when when you click this on um hbo max didn't you see also see that preview image
0: oh you know now i don't remember um but i don't think so I, i feel like it was a different image hmm
1: Anyway, yeah, I um, have seen, I, I don't want to say I've seen a lot of Criterion films because that would be a blatant lie, but um, I've I've seen quite a few of them. I've seen a lot of their Japanese language ones specifically, um, and I've liked pretty much every single movie I've seen that is in the Criterion collection. So I was like, mm. well, if this is, uh, this looks weird and it looks like something kind of odd that I would like to watch, and so let's watch it. And I'm glad you humored me in, in doing that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm. I don't. This movie will be interesting to talk about. Actually, (laughs) I didn't. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. Um, but I I loved the technical aspects and specifically, uh, like frame composition. I'd say is like just really incredible in this movie. Um, as well as uh, the sound. Yeah,
1: I I definitely think that it's um real that this film is is shot well and w- was thoughtfully produced. I don't know if I like the thoughts that went into producing
0: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: I can say that it was thoughtfully
0: produced. <laughs> yeah, I I read on IMDb that this was produced in 10 days or shot in 10 days and that it was written on a pl- like a tw- an 11-hour plane ride. I don't know if this is true or not. Oh, really? IMDB is not super reliable, but... I actually didn't know that. I didn't read that
1: in any of my like, diggings on this movie, so that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess it was specifically an 11-hour plane journey from Germany to L.A. Oh. Yeah, that may or may not be true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've read a lot of very wild things about this film, <laughs> which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, that... Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, know. where shall
0: we begin?
1: Uh Oh my god. <laughs> I would say let's start with like the basics of the background of the movie and then get into the summary and all of our like various talking points, if that sounds solid to you.
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Okay, cool. So, The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, made in 1972. Uh, it's a West German film by a pretty notorious uh, director named Reiner Werner Fassbinder, and it's based on a stage play that he wrote of the same name. And because this movie is based on a stage play, it's told in five concrete acts, each in a single set, and um, all of the action is driven by dialogue. It's There's really nothing exciting that happens in this movie. It's like watching a very dialogue-heavy <laughs> stage play, and it genuinely yeah. feels like that when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Fassbinder, I would say that he's one of the more iconic faces in German cinema, particularly New Age cinema. Um, And he's also a pretty controversial figure in that scene as well. Um, This is partially due to a number of abuse scandals that he was involved in. Um, He was widely hated by conservatives because his films were considered to be too obscene. And at the same time, he was also widely hated by Marxists for never quite going far enough in his critiques of society. And then later on, he was hated by everyone because he made a stage play that was very blatantly (laughs) anti-Semitic. Oh God! <laughs> and I'm laughing uh, just because it's it's a mess. Like it's awful. Particularly the woman who he cast as Marlena in this film. Um, her name's Erm Herman. She was actually Fast Binder's former secretary, and he forced her to become an actress. Um, he was incredibly abusive towards her emotionally and physically, um, and he intentionally put her into roles to highlight her submissiveness, um, which is pretty gross. Um, A a horrible experience in their relationship. She ended things. He proposed marriage much later on. She obviously denied, um, rejected him. And um, she actually just died last month at the age of 77. So I know her cause of death was described as a as a short and severe illness. So it may or may not be involved with COVID-19. Um, but definitely very sad. She's been in a lot of other films, uh, particularly
0: yeah. other Fastbinder films. And her role in this movie, too, definitely highlights her submissiveness. And it also, mm-hmm. it she doesn't say anything at all. She doesn't have a single line, I don't think. Yeah, which yeah. is rough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Other interesting thing about Fastbinder, I guess, was that he was openly bisexual, um, and reportedly every woman that he was in a relationship with said that this was not an issue that affected their relationship and that they didn't care if he was sleeping with men on the side, um, largely proving that they were very cool women. But at the same time, the big issue that they did have was that he was physically and emotionally abusive. Yeah. So, of course. Um, So he died at the age of 37 of a drug overdose uh in total he worked for less than two decades but in those two decades he made over 40 films many of which are considered to be like very highbrow like german new age cinema today so wow the other thing uh is that hello (laughs) who is here (laughs) pepper jumped right onto my computer
0: (laughs) oh my goodness she doesn't want to be excluded Oh, wow. Was that a chirp? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What did you think about the movie? (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Anything else?
1: No. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) sounds um, she makes are inhuman yeah, <laughs> i mean they're i know a she's a cat <laughs> but they are also in cat they are of another realm she is Peace. a fairy sent from beyond to torment you that's true a
1: pixie <laughs> um the the last thing about fast was that uh, petra von kant was actually speculated to be if not confirmed to be um a self insert character that he wrote um, the piece is considered by many to be an autobiography about his life um, and how he viewed relationships and interactions with other people. Um, I which read I, that too. Yeah, which I think um, says a lot given how a lot of Oof. the themes are like you can never truly connect with other humans and uh, isolation is like a natural human experience and... I, mm, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh, two quotes shit. like yeah two quotes from the movie that I took um, were everybody is replaceable yes and that people thrive on suffering
1: <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> which wow
1: <laughs> man oh um, by the way uh, let me tell you a little aside while I,
0: I take another sip oh sure um, what are you drinking
1: so I was uh, you know just. Just sitting downstairs living my life Um, when my dad (laughs) comes into the room and he's like, Hey, do you want a gin and lemonade? What? And I said, Papa, wouldn't that be terribly bourgeois of you? just kidding i did (laughs) not no no i said yes please i would like a gin and lemonade thank you oh my god i
0: love that um Um, i am i'm drinking a gin and tonic
1: oh yeah well this movie is all about gin um Mm marlene bring in the 10 bottles
0: of gin please 10 bottles of gin baby (laughs) like
1: i said earlier this is a criterion film and I looked into, I, you know, I, I've seen a fair number of Criterion films. Um, I hadn't really necessarily looked into what their mission statement was or like what some of the details of their org were. So I did decide to look into this just to share it out. Um, so pull, this is all pulled from Criterion's uh, website and their mission statement. So they started in 1984 specifically as a project to document and release, quote, important classic and contemporary films. And this includes the restoration, subtitled, subtitling, and preservation, with the sole intent, their, like, overall goal, to, quote, uh, increase viewers' appreciation of the art of film, unquote. Mm. So their content ranges from films like Doctor Strange Love to The Breakfast Club, um, from Paris Is Burning to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It includes a lot of foreign films, and they also have their own streaming platform, which I haven't utilized, but I know is like full of really good movies. If if you're interested in picking up another streaming site, one okay, one other thing that I learned that I had no idea about was that um obviously when you make a film that is considered a classic that classic film will inspire other films did you know that <laughs> 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 what is it that they uh, always say that um what's that like one really famous movie that people use as like a metric and go like well it's no cloud atlas oh, ca- or whatever oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm just kidding it's not cloud atlas um what
0: is it? it's casablanca
1: Oh no, I'm not thinking about Casablanca either, but Oh that's um, fine.
0: Oh that's a good shit. example. It's the it's the um the sled movie. Shit. Um it's Citizen a- Kane. So, okay yes
1: yeah, it's no citizen Kane, thank you um when you said the sled movie my first thought was the jamaican bobsled team <laughs> what's the name of that movie cool oh, running cool yes that you. one i got
0: faster than, than, <laughs> than Citizen Kane.
1: Oh, well, it's, no. well it's no cool runnings it's
0: no cool runnings <laughs>
1: So, this film in particular has inspired two other movies, one of which was actually on our to watch list, too. So, I was mm. like, interesting. Um, both of the, like, movies that it inspired were released in 2014. Mm. Odd. Um A yeah. resurgence of some sort, clearly. Um, one of them is The Clouds of Seal Maria. Mm. I might not be pronouncing that correctly. Um, it's a French film. And it's about an actress played by Juliette Binochet. Um, and she's cast in, uh, she's cast as a lesbian in love with a younger woman who's played by Chloe Grace Moritz. Um, but meanwhile, in real life, she actually falls in love with her younger assistant, who's played by Kristen Stewart.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Um, oh, I want to watch that. That. i know i'm interested to watch it
1: too <laughs> apparently it, it got like very good reviews was like a widely well-received film um at mm. least from what i saw maybe i'm totally wrong i haven't seen it so
0: man
1: um the other film that it inspired was called the duke of burgundy have you heard of this one <laughs> i haven't i read the synopsis and i was like this sounds awful um but oh apparently people like really loved it it got like really good reviews um <laughs> It's about a butterfly scientist who starts dating her academic advisor and also becomes her maid. But she's punished whenever she doesn't do her maidly duties right. But really, she's the one who's orchestrating all the punishments because she likes to be punished.
0: Oh my God, um, I read a uh, a Mercy Moira fan fiction that was based on the movie. What? No, I'm kidding. Oh God. Can you imagine, though?
1: (laughs) Well, um, one of the plot points that I was, like, losing my mind about, it was, like, her academic advisor was going to have a custom bed made that had a little drawer that could be pulled out for her to sleep in, to sleep underneath (laughs) at night. But it was going to take too long to make, so she was like, never mind, don't make it for me. I don't want to sleep in the drawer um why i'm not kidding this isn't this isn't the wikipedia i haven't seen it
0: i don't think i want to watch this when i kind of want to watch this movie when was this when was this movie set though because you can also just buy a bed like that like they make those for children for when they have sleepovers a trundle bed yeah it's interesting that uh like movies based off of this movie came out in 2014 because i believe that um, the Bitter Tears was re-released like sometime in the 2010s, like okay. early 2010s. So yes. that makes total sense. So as it was
1: gaining popularity in like English language fan base, like film fan bases, that mm-hmm. makes sense that like directors would be watching it and then basing their films off of it. The, by the way, the setting for the Duke of Burgundy is in an unidentified European country, mysterious, mm. uh, possibly in the
0: 70s. Okay, so
1: it's like kind of an abstract setting, but all right, um, definitely Shall- in like the mid twentieth uh, century. Uh, before we get into talking about the context of this film, um, can I read some fun excerpts I found in some letterboxed reviews? <laughs> I I would absolutely love that. All right, a must-watch if you love seeing people in beautiful outfits drink gin straight out of the bottle and smash things. <laughs> Petra von Kant's tears may be bitter, but the only tears I shed are that of sweet awe at this masterpiece. (laughs) Oh my god. It appears that I've been living in a fastbinder film all along, but the costumes are not quite as good. Aww. (laughs) Representation for hot manic girls everywhere. Heart emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible the lavish toxic white femme angst of it all oh my god <laughs> thank you letterbox yeah thank you all of the letterbox to women who love women who wow. <laughs> are <laughs> out here doing this for us oh my
0: god
1: <laughs> are you ready to talk about act one
0: Oh, I would love that. Yeah, right. so
1: I think we're <laughs> going to take this act by act. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'll give a quick summary of what happens in the act, and then we can just kind of talk about it. Okay, act one. Prominent fashion designer Petra von Kant is awoken by her live-in assistant, Marlena. Petra speaks on the phone with her mother, while Marlena drafts designs for Petra's brand. Then, Petra's cousin Sidonie shows up to talk about love and their relationships with men. Karin, a friend of Sydney, joins the three women. Karin is younger and she's just moved back to Germany after living in Sydney, Australia for five years. Petra is smitten with Karin immediately, and she suggests that maybe Karin could become a model or work in the fashion industry, and Karin agrees that she'll come back the next day to talk with Petra about it more. Nice. That's pretty much it. (laughs) There's like a lot
0: of words that happen in 30 minutes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is all that happens in a literal 30 minute (laughs) interval. I know. Fully dialogue dependent 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never really got a clear picture with Petra's husband she had just like recently become divorced with him but then she had a previous husband Mm -hmm. who had died in a car accident is that right yeah that's correct
1: yeah so she's had two at least two husbands um one who died and then the one who they just got divorced
0: yeah i'd read on wikipedia the description said that he the second husband was also dead but i like that I didn't isn't catch mentioned that. in the movie. Yeah, if
1: that that, that could very yeah, I well like be that true, was but wrong. I didn't catch that. I have no idea. Yeah. So. Um before we watch this film, um, I read that it was about Petra ending an S M relationship with her assistant to get with a hot younger woman. And to be quite honest, it wasn't like as SM as I thought it was gonna be.
0: Yeah, I think if I hadn't like had that knowledge, I kind of would have thought that um Marlene kind of had like a secret crush on petra that or petra that she like wasn't aware of or like willing to acknowledge Mm -hmm. yeah
1: no that was that's exactly it for me too if i hadn't known that was like the intended um reading i wouldn't have picked it up
0: yeah also i would have just
1: thought petra's a shitty boss
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that
1: too that too it, do you have anything else to say about Act One? Honestly, I didn't think that there was that much to be said about this act.
0: It, not really. Except it was—it was very hard to get into this movie, and the first act was not helpful. <laughs> in that, yeah, mm. just because it's so slow. Yeah, it's it's so slow, and and this is a a thought on the film in general. I think I just would have enjoyed the stage adaptation a lot better than the movie adaptation from a a story perspective like i really enjoyed the technical aspects of this movie but it wasn't worth the story i i know i feel that i feel that yeah i think part of the reason that i just feel like this would have been much better for my consumption if it had had been a, a play is that i when I'm watching something, like a theater production, I, you get a lot from the actors. And you do. especially with something that's ho- dialogue heavy, it, it's just not the same on screen as it is with somebody delivering this, like, dialogue in person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that from the very get-go, they set the stage
1: um, of, like, opulence and decadence in this film, because it opens with... Um, Petra like lying in bed being awoken by Marlena and Petra's just like would you make me uh fresh squeezed orange juice and Marlena (laughs) leaves the room without a word and returns with a goblet of orange juice on a silver platter for her (laughs) while Petra puts on her wig to talk on the phone in a wig Mm
0: -hmm. yep (laughs) You gotta, <laughs> you gotta. I loved that, loved that. Yeah, <laughs> For this it act. was very good. Yeah, and I like. I don't know if there was any specific meaning behind the mural, but in the background there is a mural of um, Midas and Brachus and which and you know midas like everything he touches like turns to gold um so like also very opulent very decadent yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah there's a somebody's got their dick out (laughs) yeah i was just gonna say part of it's like part
1: symbolism part comedy because in any given scene there's like these women standing next to this
0: giant painting of a dick
1: (laughs) (laughs) and the shots are framed so that it's included too
0: yeah and with the um in case you're not familiar the story of midas is he was blessed by a god that any anything he touched would turn to gold but like soon that like turned into a problem when he would touch food and it would turn into gold and so he couldn't eat anything and i think maybe he also like touched members of his family and then they Mm -hmm. turned to gold um and so he ends up i think Brachus leads him to a river where he like washes um his body and is able to like free himself from the the gift slash curse.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't that fit in with this story somehow?
0: <laughs> I I don't know how.
1: Though. I don't know either. <laughs> oh, did you know, if that, you know how? Did you know that e- I'm email a... <laughs> us at Aaron at GazeGaze. Gaze. <laughs> did you know that um while having a specialty in media studies, I'm not a critic. <laughs>
0: Oh, is that so? Despite your media review (laughs) podcast? Yeah, did you know that? (laughs) Hey, I didn't. I wasn't aware. (laughs) What does it mean to be a critic?
1: Um, Act two. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Now we've had a mild time skip, and it is one day later. And Petra (laughs) is now totally in love with (laughs) Karin overnight. Oh my God. Um, And she's preparing for their date uh, by putting on a giant <laughs> curly wig and a bedazzled bra and some kind of toga moment. Um, but lo and behold, when Karen appears, she's in a more understated but almost identical outfit. <laughs> <laughs> they were and, like on theme. Yeah, somehow their their brains. <laughs> so, Petra and Karin have dinner and they discuss various things about their lives, all of which ultimately just seem to highlight very large differences between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and they also discuss some important life moments, so Petra reveals that she has a daughter at boarding school from one of her former marriages, and Karen reveals that A, she has a husband in Sydney that has always looked down on her, and B, both of her parents have died, and Karen says that people often look down on her when she talks about how hard her life has been, but Petra confesses that knowing about this just makes her all the more attracted to her. <laughs> So they keep god. chatting, and Karen reveals that she's been staying at a hotel locally. And the act ends with Petra asking Karen if she'll move oh. in with her, uh, and Karen agrees. And also, Marlena has been there the whole time, but she's just chilling.
0: Um, clearly frustrated yep.
1: with the whole situation. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Made to fetch bottles of sparkling wine for them.
1: <laughs> Marlena. They, I also I neglected to mention that there is a scene where Marlena and uh, Petra do a little dance in the apartment on the fur rug. Um, and this happens in yeah. Act 1, too.
0: Yeah, Act 1 and then, is it Act 3 that it happens again? Or 4? But yeah, she's a little she's slow called dance. to dance. Yes. <laughs> Come dance with me,
1: my assistant, <laughs> while I wear my toga, while I don my toga
0: and my bedazzled bra just absolutely incredible
1: Hey, aaron have you ever gone on a date and both of you were unintentionally wearing almost the exact same outfit
0: (laughs) unfortunately no Uh, how is even though i (laughs) i know that because that that's the lesbian life um man the pro tip (laughs) pro tip for all you lesbians out there um if you date somebody who's like the same like clothing size as you, it is like the fucking best. <laughs> that that's like only ever happened to me like like twice basically, but it was just like amazing. It was like I, I was like double in my wardrobe. Anything they didn't want, like I got, it was <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> yeah, <So> good. <laughs> an ideal um, but situation. No. Uh, I, I feel like I've shown up um, to, like, friend meetups and been wearing al- an almost identical outfit to one of my friends there, but never um, somebody that I've dated somehow. Um, I, I have had this experience. Um, I went on a Love date this. with someone,
1: and uh, I, it was in the summer, and we were going outside for, like, a picnic um, and a walk and, like, some downtown <laughs> shopping and stuff. So I showed up in, like, black leather boots jorts and a black tank top Mm. and she showed up in um white leather boots and jorts and a white tank top
0: oh my god
1: and we're like perfectly coordinated (laughs) it was like oh my god i love that it was very funny (laughs) um
0: Let's talk about fashion. <laughs> Ooh, baby, let's do it. First of all,
1: the fact that uh, they wear wigs in every single scene sends me—I love it. I like, <laughs> and it's not even like it should be very normal for anybody to wear a wig at any time. But the fact that it's these like nineteen seventies, very opulent, wealthy white women just like putting on wigs to demonstrate their mood. It's like yeah. very funny to me.
0: <laughs> it's good.
1: It's really good. Um, especially because each scene has like a different wig for a different mood, and this is like her like being sexy on a date wig, and it's like <laughs> she looks like the bride of Frankenstein's monster. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, god, right before we started this podcast, um, I I was putting on a wig. Were you? <laughs> Yeah, I was. Because I, I, have, I have too many wigs, and I need to get rid of some. And I was like, I wonder, I can't remember what this wig looks like. So I put it on, and then I realized that we were about to record a podcast. So did, do you still have the wig I had huh? to cool no no it's oh it is 90 degrees in new york why and i'm are you, dying
1: why are you not wearing a wig for a podcast
0: <laughs> well I, because i am if it if it was appropriate to just wear a wig every day i would like shave my head and just fucking wear a wig because right now my hair is very long because of the uh quarantine um situation and it's really hard to get a wig on when you have a lot of hair um especially yeah. if you're like me and just not used to it
1: yeah i definitely feel for the people who do wear wigs every day when it's this hot just because I know how much of a struggle it is for the look and we all appreciate it and we appreciate you
0: for doing it yeah loving Um,
1: it I I was texting a friend while watching this and I, I quoted myself because this was my live reaction as I was watching this act one day I'll be bold enough to wear a torpedo bra blue eyeshadow and red lipstick at the same
0: time, <laughs> hell yeah, she's wearing the blue eyeshadow in almost every scene. I think I know. I can I confess something?
1: Oh no! I it, no don't. Oh no! I have been um a very like wary and judgy of blue eyeshadow ever since oh. I was young, just because like um I remember being like, a kid, and not a kid, but, like, in, like, middle or high school, and hearing that, like, blue eyeshadow was considered, like, a rookie mistake by people who were into Yeah!
0: Um, yeah, oh my god, same! I have the, the exact same, I had, yeah, Outlook and, and because I heard the same thing. Yeah. Like, don't wear baby blue eyeshadow, you're gonna look like a... Like, like you're a- gonna
1: look like you don't know what you're doing if you wear yeah. blue eyeshadow, um, which is stupid. Everybody should... <laughs> Everybody should wear yeah. whatever eyeshadow color they want. Um, I bought a blue That's eyeshadow fair. palette recently and have been like, not recently, it was, I guess, like closer to a year ago now, honestly. Um, But haven't been using any makeup since we've been in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> so it feels like it was recent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I've been like trying to challenge myself to break out of some of those like norms that I have about makeup and beauty because they're bullshit and... You should wear what you want, and I want to wear a torpedo bra and (laughs) blue eyeshadow and red lipstick and a giant wig, and I want my torpedo bra to be bedazzled, Um, Mm -hmm.
0: and that's what I want to wear outside. Yeah, I, actually, I support you. I think you would look really good in that. Thank you. And I, that is that is legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Peek in the mic, because I'm very... that—that That is genuine. Can we bedazzle um, bras together? Yeah, sure. It's going to take forever. That's fine. I like that the, the bra that she's wearing, it's like the straps are kind of made out of... Um, it's not like they're bedazzled so much as they're just kind of like... Like jewelry. It's like beaded
1: jewelry. Yeah. It, yeah. It's almost, it almost looks like she's wearing like giant pasties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with like a bunch of necklaces on. But actually all of the things that look like necklaces are the straps of the bra.
0: Yeah, it's it's cute. It's, it's a, a good look. look. She looks great. It, um, it, it's funny because like <laughs> I, when she put that <laughs> when it's, it's this fucking motorcycle oh, Jesus Christ. Um... Uh when she puts that on, I was kind of like, she's like she's way overdressed. And, but but then Karen <laughs> uh, Karine comes in and is wearing like very, as you said, a very similar yeah, outfit. She's where she has like a like a yeah, like a gold like titted toga with like a, a triangle cutout like right underneath where the bra is. <sighs> And she's wearing, like, golden it, band jewelry, like a gold band yeah. on her upper arm. Oh, like yeah, yeah. She has, like, and, a giant like, gold choker that takes up her entire neck.
1: Yes. It's a moment. And she's <laughs> got her, like, Farrah Fawcett hair going on and, um, for a faucet. And it, she just looks great. <laughs> they all look good. Yeah. Bad. Um, the one thing about Petra's outfit, though, is that uh, she has this like band around her ankles for fashion, I guess, and she can't walk in the damn dress. So anytime you oh see my her God. trying to walk in the scene, she's like taking teeny tiny little baby steps in her.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, actually, so open-toed so pumps. It, so actually, it is at the beginning of the scene that petra asks marlena to dance with her uh because you can just see the their feet and (laughs) and petra's just like just kind of like moving ever so slowly back and forth as like marlena's dancing with her it's pretty i know because she has the strap around her ankles and she can't walk yeah it's it's kind of like she's tied up um
1: anything else about fashion (laughs)
0: no I, I, I think that's it okay
1: yeah <laughs> it's it's just so good
0: mm um let's talk about you hauling <laughs> oh my goodness yeah um a, a lesbian thing yeah honestly a lesbian thing
1: that is in this film um within a, an hour on a date that some would say was Pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um Petra has already asked Karen to move in with her. Um and it uh, to be clear, <laughs> what she does say is quote, let's be real friends. Unquote. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man. Uh, let's be friends. Let's move in together. Yeah. Doesn't she also say, like, after Karen agrees, isn't she like, also, I'm in love with you. <laughs> I feel like that does happen, but I don't remember. Yeah. It. But that sounds like something that could so, something Yeah, I think that was that <laughs> happened. She was like, I love you and I want to kiss you. And and Karen's like, um, give me some time. <laughs> but yeah, I'll move in with you. Yeah, but yeah, I'm totally going to move in
1: with you. <laughs> Uh, finally, Marlena.
0: <laughs> yeah, who Marlena? I think she wears the same outfit for this entire movie, right? It's
1: a, it's a simple black dress. Yes.
0: Yeah, with kind of like like a bat wing sleeve, almost mm-hmm. like very goth, very seventies. Hmm. Yeah, she's mad, I guess. But again, she never says anything. She is so like inactive in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's hard to even describe her as angry. Right.
1: I think that the way that you pick it up is that she's, like, slamming as she types on the typewriter. A letter. Yeah.
0: And that's pretty much all you get to see. Man, yeah, isn't consulted about having somebody move in. Right. Yeah, no no consultation at all about that one.
1: Yep. But don't worry. Karin will be sleeping in Petra's bed with her. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to leave oh
0: space for her. Oh, my goodness. No worries. Um, do you have anything else uh, to add to? No, that's it. How okay. about an Act, act three? three?
1: Um, so Petra has uh removed her giant brown curly wig in favor of a Miss Coco Peru red bob uh, moment. I uh, love well, <laughs> that description, just by the way. It's accurate. Like, dead, on. It, it dead yeah, on. It's accurate. If you know who Miss Coco Peru is, you've seen this wig. You know it. She's wearing it. Um, and she's wearing that wig while she drinks gin in bed in a fancy robe and cancels her flight to Madrid. And meanwhile, Karen lounges in their bed. And um, when Petra says that she loves Karen, Karen finds it impossible to say it back to her. And Karin reveals to Petra that just the night before, she had been out very late and she slept with a man. Particularly, she reveals to Petra that he was black and that she wanted Petra to, quote, just imagine his big black hands on my skin, unquote. While Petra mm-hmm. is busy being fueled by jealousy, Karen receives a call from her husband in Sydney, who's flying to Frankfurt. Karin reveals that she's been in contact with him via letter, and the two of them are no longer planning to get divorced. She asks Petra to book her a flight to Frankfurt to meet him, and she also asks for 500 marks. (laughs) Petra books the flight, gives her 1,000 marks, and then she orders Marlena to drive Karin to the airport because she's too wasted from the gin that she's been drinking all morning. (laughs) Yep.
0: (laughs) Ah! (laughs) This was This is a rough act to
1: watch, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I was watching, I was like, I, why did I pick this? Yeah. Like, overall, I was like, I'm glad that we're doing this. But do you ever have, like, a single moment in a movie that you're like, oh, fuck this though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, really rough. Yeah. um, I don't
1: even, I don't even know what to say. I mean, to put it into clear words, it's like very distinct anti-black racism
0: oh um, absolutely yeah and, and in the movie they it even goes deeper than that where um i feel like the way that karin just dis- like describes the man she's like well he looked very european like kind of in the sense that like oh well most um black men are ugly but this man was okay because he didn't look like a black man right which is uh-huh. awful yeah like, that duh, in particular duh. is
1: bad be like the utilization of like her sleeping with someone to instigate jealousy and then particularly mm-hmm. I, it's it just sucks to see other white women and i say other because both of us are white um weaponize yeah. race in a way that is like so deeply uncomfortable to watch um, particularly yeah. in that Karen is instigating and intentionally using the race of her lover in order to seem controversial to Petra. Yep. And Petra reacts yeah. exactly how you'd expect her to, which is that at first she's scandalized by the fact that Karen slept with a man, but then she's even more scandalized when Karen points out that he was black and uses that as a means to fuck with her. Yeah, it just sucks.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, Unexpected. Shitty.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's also such a, like, brushed under the rug moment too, because once it happens, like, it's never talked about again. Like, it's literally like, just here to be controversial and bad.
0: Yep. Man. Do
1: you have any other thoughts about this act? Because I don't. That was, like, the standout moment for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, same. I think, um, I think Karen remarks that like she just like needed a man because y- you mm. need a man every now and again yeah and i guess if this if this was autobiographical i wonder i wonder if that was fos Fossbinder's um like outlook and that he just kind of like transferred to this character
1: yeah no i actually read that in one critique where it was like it oh seemed, really yeah where it was like it seems like this was like him putting into words his own experience of his own bisexuality um, yeah, which is is which fine is, as a personal opinion. Right. It's different when it comes out on screen for everybody else to watch. You know. Yeah,
0: I think I think also specifically for um, a a woman to be saying that, right. I think that the the mindset is like that a woman could never fully love another woman because like you're gonna she's gonna need the dick whatever like to put it very crassly um yeah, that's to, not to put, put it in also
1: in a transphobe's <laughs> words
0: yeah 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 exactly <laughs> thank you for that yeah. Uh uh-huh. um so so yeah it kind of it, it it takes on a different context i think um it, yeah no in, you're totally
1: right it does
0: yeah
1: um for but yeah for him to be that saying that is someone who had a it, it, as far as i'm understanding he had primary Female partners, and then like slept with men on the side, and I don't think that this is necessarily an uncommon experience for queer men of the mid twentieth century. I-, I do think mm-hmm. that it it definitely has a different tone coming from Carton in this scene than what it would have been if it if this was just him talking about his own experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. And no. as as the uni- <laughs> un- uninitiated viewer not knowing that hearing her say that is like oh blah 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 yeah like this sounds like it would be coming from like a straight man writing queer women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely how it comes off even if it's not what it yeah. is, you know. I agree. Marlena, order the 10 bottles of gin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oof, But that's in act 4. Are we ready to talk about it? Yeah, sure.
1: Um act 4 oh, opens with Petra totally wasted in this beautiful curly blonde wig in a teal gown with a huge rose on her choker as she sits (laughs) on a white fur rug with her bottle of liquor and her very fancily decorated telephone as she waits for Karin to call and delivers a solemn soliloquy about how much she loves her. (laughs) Suddenly (laughs) Petra's mother and daughter both arrive home and surprise <laughs> who could have guessed that her daughter was coming home from boarding school um, Oops. and then Sidonie comes over too and she delivers a birthday present to Petra wow it's her birthday who knew uh it's a nude doll that's almost like American <laughs> girl doll like that looks exactly yeah. like Karen <laughs> yeah 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 See, it is and it's hairstyle. naked
0: except for like it's blonde wig yeah
1: just the blonde wig <laughs> yeah um Sidonie says that Karen is in Bremen that day, and then Petra goes on this, like, mild rampage. She smashes some stuff. Uh, she says that she loves Karen and that uh, she says, just Karen's little finger is worth more to me than all of you. So her mother, her daughter, Sidonie, and Marlena combined. Yep. <laughs> um, so Petra tries to kick Sidonie out of her apartment, but Sidonie stays to support her and then the act Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the doll. Oh, my God, the doll. Oh, my God, the doll. <laughs> oh God, the doll. <laughs> what I was confused by is, like, I feel like if you were a real person and you had just gone through, like, a, a breakup, I suppose... Um, in so many words. Um, and then somebody gave you a doll of somebody who looked like your ex. Oh my god. Like, I would be, like, extremely offended. But a patron seems ender. to like the present. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's, she seems she's to like, be wow, very charmed what by it. be, a beautiful
1: doll. Thank you, Sidoni.
0: Yeah. Um. um. Which is very confusing. <laughs> oh, to receive a little
1: doll that looks like the lover that hurt you so. <laughs> um.
0: There's also one thing about this act that you didn't mention. Oh, what did I not mention? (laughs) Which is that um, in the background, uh, so uh, because Petra is a fashion designer, she has a bunch of mannequins in her room. Um, And in act four, the mannequins, there is a, a mannequin on the bed with another mannequin on top of it. And then a third mannequin sitting there like with its head faced like downward to watch them wait i didn't notice that. <laughs> in the bed you didn't know i, I didn't that?
1: notice that what? i no wasn't I, clearly i wasn't paying close enough attention
0: oh my god the, okay so it's in the background like very clearly and then they even pan to it like the mom mom looks at it i and must then they, have looked they, like, away or something shot, <laughs> shot. yeah
1: oh my god it. naughty <laughs> um, naughty oh wow uh, that makes sense um her Patriot. yeah yeah she <laughs> right yeah so that's that it, i guess that's kind of
0: right yeah um yeah i guess it, yeah Petra and karen who are did the, that the mannequins in the bed and having sex and then marlena is watching who them i like assumed that? that i i assumed like Petra did it while she was drunk but uh, who yeah. knows she did have 10 battles of gin yeah. Oh, what, no, she ordered 10 bottles of <laughs> No, gin. she just drank She'd only one, had the one. She had one whole bottle yeah. of gin, I'm sorry. <laughs> and she spilled a lot of it, to be fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe she had another one before that, honestly.
0: That's true, because she's pretty drunk. <laughs> um. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: I will say that the scene of her, like, drunk lounging on the rug in her teal gown and choker with her uh, elaborate phone is just the epitome of decadence in this film. Um, as I said oh at God. the very start, this is, like, the the preview image that I saw where I was like, oh, I have to watch this. Like, this looks... Yeah. This looks fantastic.
0: <laughs> Man. um, Yeah, it's incredible. This... Yeah, the again the the shot composition in this is mm-hmm. fantastic. It is beautiful. It's really good camera and work. It it's actually it's interesting because though I do think that the story composition is very much like a play. I would I would argue that the way that it's shot isn't like actually so much like a play mm-hmm. because in the beginning of um cinema like things really were shot like a play where it would be kind of like people would be on a set and they would have the camera in one specific area and they would just like shoot stuff um but this you know the shot composition is very interesting and there are like cuts and things like that yeah um, every there's but just, just the one set
1: yeah. right um every single yeah. every single act takes place on this one single set but every single act looks different simply because of the way that they've chosen to angle the cameras uh in order to make Mm -hmm. this one set that they're in feel like it's a lot larger than it is
0: the like layout of the furniture and stuff changes too from from each Mm -hmm. act so it does feel a lot different Mm -hmm. despite being in the same area yeah it's really interesting movie
1: it really is i like i definitely would recommend on it i would recommend it even though it is like weird and has like not great themes it's definitely it's like boring it's, yeah and it's a little bit boring but it's definitely like a very interesting movie and a very good example of a, I, like camp I the, and like I don't,
0: know. I don't know i have the i have the perfect solution just watch it on two times speed honestly that's not a bad take no, Aaron, that that's
1: honestly god damn it that's not a bad that's not a bad idea that,
0: that is a bad take. Do not do that. Don't do, not Why do not? that naughty. Why not? Because There's... when somebody makes a when somebody makes a movie, they are very intentional about the pacing. Aaron. So if you're going to enjoy something, Aaron. do it at the regular speed. Aaron, the
1: opener of this film is a 3-minute <laughs> still shot of cats eating kibbles out of a bowl. Aaron? And... <laughs> i forgot about
0: that how did you forget
1: about (laughs) that yeah we didn't mention that while they're rolling the credits at the beginning of the film there's like a three minute still shot of just two cats eating kibbles like wow fast forward that shit watch it two times speed i dare you (laughs) well credits credits are different i don't care i I would support anybody who want to watch this at 1.5 or two times speed i think it would be okay Oh my god, I support not you. Do that. I would do it now now that you fed me that idea, maybe I'll do that for another movie that we watch. What have I
0: done? Oh my god.
1: You're like big mega brain only feeds my no, like petty bullshit.
0: No. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> do you want to talk uh, about the final act or even. do you still have more
0: yeah yeah finally final act time okay fine. then we can talk about camp yes
1: okay so finally petra removes her wigs she put one on in act one and now she finally gets to take it off and rest um she lays in bed grieving the relationship and talking to her mom and uh she says that she has now realized that she didn't love Karen, she just wanted to be able to say that Karen was hers and to like have some sort of possession and ownership over her. So Karen finally calls her actually and Petra answers and says that she doesn't want to see her before Karen leaves Germany for France. Then Petra's mother leaves, and Petra turns to Marlena and says that now that Karin is out of the picture, Petra will promise to share her life with Marlena moving forward. But Marlena, mm-hmm. wordlessly as always, gets up and she packs a bag, including a gun, mm-hmm. yeah, and a small suitcase, and she leaves. And she takes the doll with her when she leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and the film ends, um. and Petra's like all alone, sitting in her bed.
0: yeah. I think the only thing I will add to that is that, um, Petra says that she'll share her life with Marlene, um, but, and then Marlene, like, immediately goes and, like, kisses Petra's hand, in which, like, Petra's like, but no, no, not like that. And then Marlene is like, okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um. Um,
1: Just a small thing. Yeah, uh. So, the consensus, and I believe what Fastbinder himself said he intended, is that Marlena must leave in order to find someone else who will dominate her. <laughs> because if Pedro oh wants to live side that. by side, then that will no longer fill her need for masochism that's the reason? Yeah. So po- okay, so I'm glad that you're on the same page as me. Because if I hadn't heard this, I would have thought Marlena was just done with Petra's bullshit and wanted to leave. Yeah, that, that's um, what I thought, but too. But every single review I read said that this was the case and implied that Fastbinder believed it and said this himself as well. But I couldn't find any quotes from him saying that this was what he intended.
0: But yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. No, I thought that was supposed to be, like, an, a powerful moment of, like especially like with the hand kiss it was like she was like okay i'm like done with this shit like that you're obviously like beyond help and i'm not gonna wait around for you
1: yeah no i think that like what was supposed to be was, was that since she said let's live side by side together amicably marlena was like no that's not what i want i need somebody to tell me what to do and then so she leaves jesus christ yeah is not a very different what, ending to the film than than what you and I would have originally interpreted it.
0: Yeah, wow, I'm glad that you that you read that cuz I was about to be like, I'm glad that she left. No, but now we're not Never mind. glad that she
1: left. Yeah. Um no, I also, just feel bad. It also is like <laughs> not really. Uh, obviously, we all know about the like either barrier gaze or like sad gaze trope where like queer people in film mm-hmm. can't find happiness with one another. This is like clearly another example of that. However, I will say that the uh the whole tone of the film is misanthropic, right? Where it's like, uh people suck and like we'll never be able to fully understand other people and you're gonna be alone forever anyway. So it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to yeah, have any other theme other than that. But yeah, it's definitely not a happy ending.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, and I, I think that's actually part of the reason why I I found this, like, story difficult to enjoy is because it was so misanthropic, but then had, like, the lesbianism on top of it. Mm-hmm. There, There's the potential in my mind that if it had been, like, a hetero story, that maybe I would have been more ready to consume it.
1: <laughs> really? You think so? <laughs> yeah. Wait, can you, can you explain that a little bit more? Because I'm not quite sure. I, I think
0: just because I, like, hearing about um, Fastbinder and, you know, that he was bisexual, Um, I don't think it was the intention to be, like, this is what happens if you're in a lesbian relationship, but because it is so, like, female-centric and, like, female relationship-centric, and especially because um, Karin goes back to her husband, you know, it just, like, the, without knowing more about the story and who wrote it, it does kind of seem like a this is what happens if you're in a lesbian relationship, kids, like. Petra is very much in love with her first husband. It just so happened that he died.
1: That's what it seems anyway.
0: So yeah, when I was watching this movie, I actually hadn't been thinking about camp at all. But then reading like reviews and descriptions and stuff, like camp came up a lot and yeah I don't know would, uh, would you describe yeah, this film Yeah I as definitely campy?
1: would after what after watching it it's like yeah. well, in particular it like like I've said a couple times like there's a lot of like decadence and opulence depicted in this film which might not necessarily cl- cross over into camp in my brain but camp in my brain is also very associated with queerness and so like that makes sense to yeah. me it's not necessarily a word I would have descri- like, described this film with without hearing someone else say it first but hearing other people say it i was like oh yeah of course
0: yeah i think yeah i definitely associate camp with opulence kind of like Mm -hmm. as a parallel uh you know (laughs) Um, yeah where it's like excessive in a way that it it becomes like too much camp for me is like very hard to describe like so here's my like very naive description of camp which is that it's it's kind of like an honest and maybe a little bit like naive love of something that's in bad taste despite knowing better Yeah, I don't I don't know. What is your what would how would you describe camp? Yeah.
1: So like, I I haven't thought about this at all prior to discussing this right now, just as we're morning. Oh, Um, which I think is actually good for me describing it like what my familiarity level is. But um, when I think about camp, the first thing that comes to my mind is like high camp drag, um, where it's like depictions of like gender or um particularly like groups in society that you're maybe not a member of and you're hyping it up to the point that it becomes comedic. Um oh yeah. That's that's been my understanding of what camp means. Like I think about um performers like Lady Bunny as yeah. camp where it's like here you are doing this like slapstick insult comedy in this like fashion that is clearly like not what your day-to-day is but you're putting on the persona in order to make a point about something
0: yeah i think and actually to your point i i often associate camp with like humor and joy mm-hmm. and so i think that's also part of the reason why watching this movie i just like didn't think yeah, camp uh-huh. that because it's so you know it's sad (laughs) it's it's
1: a sad it's misanthropic it's depressing yeah there's nothing like good to say about like joy in this film really there isn't
0: yeah yeah for somebody who's maybe thought about it more than us um in (laughs) in the the essay notes on camp by uh susan sontag i believe is the last name uh she describes camp as esoteric and a private code uh, the essence of camp is its love of the unnatural, of artifice, and exaggeration. Yeah. Which I think is pretty fair. Yeah. And we're, also, like, it goes into opulence. Uh-huh.
1: Where in camp is, it, it is like an unnatural exaggeration of something. And at the same time, in order to understand it and get the joke or get the point, you have to be a member of the group that, like, is creating the camp, right? does that yeah. make sense that's why it's a very queer thing <laughs> right. like you don't understand
0: yeah unless i mean, <laughs> you yourself, and why <laughs> and why Katy perry and a giant hamburger is not camp <laughs> <laughs> but the left shark is yeah wow so true
1: yeah. No, I think that your take of like associating camp with something funny is valid because like that is the context in which we see it most often is like 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 the example I just used of, of Lady Bunny as a point where it's like um is does her comedy suck and do I hate it most of the time? Yeah. But it's co- <laughs> it's still comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I yeah. can understand that. Um this movie it's not funny. The, the way that it well, the way that it is, is is the viewer is a little bit funny though. I think that maybe maybe the interpretation of camp comes from viewers seeing it in the same through the same eyes that I saw it, where I was like, ha ha, lounging in bed being served orange juice on a silver platter. Hee <laughs> hee <laughs> Drinking yourself into a stupor on a fur rug and a teal gown. <laughs> <laughs> um where there is some there is some humor as the modern viewer watching that, right? yeah, totally. I don't know that at yeah. the time that this came out it would have been campy. I think that now, as viewers of it looking back, seeing the ridiculous like assertions of wealth and of opulence and and everything, that's where it becomes camp.
0: That's true, yeah, but it's interesting like when did when did pink flamingos come out? That was like around the same time. I, it must right? have been. Hold on, and that that must have been considered same at the time.
1: Same year. Same year. Same year. No. <laughs> Look at your giant brain. Have you seen
0: Pink Flamingos? Um, I haven't. I don't. I you wouldn't like it. Yeah, I I know that I wouldn't like it, and I've it's funny because I you know I've read like a lot of video essays about it, but <laughs> or I've watched a lot of video essays about it, and then read also some essays about it and i just kind of know that i don't think i would enjoy it i don't want to watch divine eat literal dog well, shit well that's the
1: worst of it um i would say pink yeah. flamingos is a fucking who it's a it's a fun movie honestly um, is it a what, mess?
0: What John Waters movies have I seen? Yeah, it's a
1: goddamn mess.
0: It's a disaster
1: of a mess, but it's fun. Um, that is a film that it was written to be tongue-in-cheek. This is a film oh, that course. was possibly written to be autobiographical, very serious, whatever. But it comes across as being tongue-in-cheek just because of how ridiculous it is, you know? Um. Yeah. So, it's, different intent, same outcome.
0: I w- yeah. I, I might enjoy... Pink flamingos. We should watch Pink um, Flamingos. I, as a kid, I what? We should watch Pink Flamingos. Oh yeah, actually, as a kid, I watched Hairspray, a ton. That was maybe one of my favorite movies. The John kid. Waters one. Yeah, of course. I've never seen it. um And wow, I, we should watch that. And then, um, and then Serial Mom too. Um, then I've also seen Cry Baby. So maybe a couple others. Cry Baby. I feel like I mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I've seen this actually. I feel like I like didn't know that I'd seen this until I'm looking at it right now. Is there like an extended scene of like people are there
0: extended scenes of people showering in this film? I will be honest, I don't really remember. I feel like I've seen Crybaby. Yeah, Serial Mom is about a, a serial killer who is a suburban mom who murders people for being rude. Holy shit, I
1: wanna watch this.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, can we just watch this? I wanna I mean I wanna watch every John
1: Waters movie. That is like a goal. Yeah, right? Because the only one I've seen is Pink Flamingos. Um and man,
0: and that was one of his earliest, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, I
1: decided to watch it because I was like I've never seen a John Waters movie. This is the most iconic. I feel like I would like it and like it should be fun. And it's really fun, I have to say. Um it's definitely a funny movie. Um it's very gross. I mean, the whole point is like Divine is trying to become the the grossest person on earth.
0: Yep. So it's fun. Yeah.
1: It's funny, but it
0: is gross. <laughs> Condone first degree murder. Eat shit. Yeah. God, is that what is the quote? <laughs> Kill everyone
1: now. Condone yeah. first degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Filth is my politics. Filth is my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at some other divine quotes from this film. They're so funny. Oh my god almighty, someone has sent me a bowel movement when someone mails her (laughs) shit in the mail. Oh my god, what a horrible photograph. My first wanted poster and I look just awful. (laughs) (laughs) Can I give you one last divine quote? Oh my god, I love that. Now I'll have to change my appearance. I think I'll dye my hair a different color and then start dressing like a dyke. (laughs) Aw, <laughs> that that was me <laughs> when quarantine started. I'm gonna have to dye my hair a different color, and then I'll start dressing like a dyke. <laughs> Finally, oh man! Oh my god! Let's watch some John Waters, though, for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. I wonder if there's any um,
1: like lesbian John Waters.
0: Oh, maybe. I wonder hmm we'll have to find out
1: um okay sorry let's get back on to talking about this movie so that we can wrap up
0: yeah i i think i've kind of finished out most of if not all of what i wanted to say oh okay well then maybe we should just stop now oh shit would you would you
1: recommend (laughs) this or in what instances would you or Final Thoughts I, I, or
0: anything. I think if you're somebody who is really interested in the the technical shot composition of movies, or maybe like you're a storyboarder or an illustrator who's interested in, in seeing some like very beautiful shot composition, mm-hmm. um, or if you're somebody who just really likes a nice slow movie, um, this is this is pretty kick-ass. Yeah. Um, for, and for you. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's not bad. I mean, I'm glad I watched it, but I did think it was kind of hard to get yeah, there. Yeah.
1: No, I agree with you. I'm really glad that we watched it, Um. particularly because like, I knew that this was kind of in my niche and I did enjoy it. Um. But I also am the kind of person who likes watching movies that don't necessarily have a good... Take or good opinion or like movies that get me thinking about like what my beliefs are in contrast to what I'm seeing on screen. I enjoy that conflict, mm-hmm. and so I really liked that here, Um particularly with regard to the misanthropy <laughs> and yeah. the whole yeah. Shit. If- also, it, like what was it that that one Letterboxd reviewer said? A must watch if you love seeing people in beautiful outfits drink gin straight out of the bottle and smash it. Like, yeah,
0: I hell yeah.
1: If you like that, watch yeah. it, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think I think for me, I, I'm glad that I watched this, but I also don't really think I gained anything from watching it. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, it, from this, this podcast, maybe you'll have decided for yourself if you wanted to watch it or not. Yeah. Very, very fair. Thank you so much for listening. If you like it, you can follow us on Twitter, at GazeGaze, and tweet at us. And if you like this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you told your friends about it. Um, and then also, you can email us at erin at gaze and you can send us thoughts, ideas, or recommendations. Uh, many thanks to Kate and Leslie of Neon & Nude for allowing us to use their songs Look in Love and You Pretty Thing for our intro and our outro music. You can buy their album online at neonandnude.bandcamp.com, or you can stream it on Spotify and next week we're going to be doing <laughs> tequila tequila shot. I love. I'm so excited. Everybody.
1: Yeah. I love bad reality TV of the mid mid to early 2000s. <sighs> I'm obsessed. I will
0: so. I will say our our circle episode is maybe one of my personal favorite episodes. So Really? Yeah, we one
1: about that episode that you like so much, (laughs) so I can keep that
0: in mind. I think it's episode. I don't. God, I how do you how do you define a rainbow? (laughs) How how do you how do you define a sunbeam? What 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 appeals to it? What is appealing about it? Um, I don't know. I think (laughs) there's something. There's something that's just really funny about it, and I liked playing the game that they played on it, and I liked thinking about like what we would do if we were on a yeah. reality TV show.
1: That's fair. I I have really enjoyed <laughs> some of our episodes that have been kind of like off the cuff, like the circle episode and the Overwatch yeah. episode. Both of those yeah. are really fun. Overwatch.
0: <laughs> they're they're messes and they're really fun. Yeah. We should do another um, one of those soon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's do it next well, next yeah, time. I know to like tequila, tequila. Sure, we'll have a lot of stuff to say about it. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm very interested, especially because I like this was something that we consumed. Oh my beep. Um, this was something that we consumed as a young young gays growing well, up. Well, I sure didn't. So, oh, you I know. Didn't? I've never seen oh. it before.
1: Oh. Aaron, Sharon, I've never seen a
0: single episode of *Shattered Love*. I'm so excited. What? This how is, can you have seen? How can you have seen *A Rocket*? I've Love never seen rock of and Love*,
1: but I have seen a, Flavor of Love*, and I've seen many other dating seri- like series. But I've never seen. Shot I of Love. I watched
0: them on the fucking television. I used to at my grandma's house. She had cable, and I would go there and I'd watch *Rock of Love*. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about my it next grandma, time. So I'm stay here to tuned. Watch rock of- <laughs> A secret. There's, There's a TV, TV upstairs. So I would watch it secretly upstairs. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I am so proud of you. You're living this life, but like it sounds like it would be my life, but somehow it wasn't. And it was actually this god. is like some weird like
0: this was that I would say not a good thing to watch if you are like a young person um but that's the case for like all the i turned out okay
1: like all the queer media that was airing in the mid-2000s like the l word is also the choice example of this like god terrible for young kids that would be defining what their identities were bad for anybody actually who's figuring themselves out
0: yeah man i yeah i'm very interested to to consume this mess
1: yeah it will be very interesting to you for you to rewatch, and i'm just excited to get to watch some like bad reality yeah.
0: TV. <laughs> I, and I, I would say also, I never watched it consistently enough... I know who wins um but I didn't watch it consistently enough that I felt like invested um, cuz I was often watching like reruns. Um Aaron we have to watch the L
1: Word reality TV spin-off at some point. I'm like dying to watch it. God, I do want we? to watch it so bad. I I am too. Like the the time skips or skips whatever from the like LA lesbians to the Brooklyn lesbians. I'm like ready for it.
0: I- <laughs> as as a as a New York lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but uh, until then, I'm Erin, and
1: I'm Erin, and, and I'm we're gay. On some gin. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and next episode we're gonna take shots of tequila. What's up? What? Wait, that's actually no. kind of a fun idea. No, actually, Wait.
1: that's not a fun idea. What? That's a bad idea. I'm gonna and take all. a shot at the start and of the next bye. episode. That's all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> if you love love like I love.